Joining us now in the full court press, he is the voice of the Salt Lake City Stars, and he's the inner, uh, in arena host of Utah Jazz basketball home games inside of Vimsboro Home Arena. One of my good friends, a good friend of the program as well. It is Tony Parks here on the full court press. Tony, hi, how are you? I'm great, man. I'm doing great. You guys sound fired up, man. You guys, uh, you know, you guys sound like you're ready for the weekend. Dude, it's day early. Six, I mean, there's some, man. There's we some are, aggression. We are like in this. full panic mode, Tony. Full absolute <laughs> panic mode right it's now. It's All true. of us are. Well, let's find it. Let's find it. Tony Parks, 1 to 10, level of confidence, 10 being most confident. Where are you at the Jazz are going to get to game seven? <laughs> Um, I'll go, uh, I'll go 6.2. You were close. <laughs> That's impressive. Yes, Andre said six. Yeah, yeah. A little more than the six. A little more than the six. Um, there should be concern. Totally. Yeah. There should absolutely be concern. Okay. Uh, and by no means is tonight a guarantee. I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's intense. That's fair. Tony, what has stood out to you about this series the most, whether bad or good? More bad than good, and I don't think it's just because I, you know, I'm around the Jazz, cover the Jazz, we're in this market. I still feel like a majority of the results in this series has been dictated by what's wrong with Utah and not as much what's right with Dallas. Now, that doesn't mean Dallas doesn't deserve credit. Uh, There are a lot of ingredients to the cake. Clearly, hitting shots, missing shots, those things all mix in. Right? There's a number of things, officiating even, all of it. But to me, the biggest ingredient in the cake has been what is wrong with Utah. Uh, when you have Luka Doncic and you have Tim Hardaway Jr. out for this long and you have the opportunity to dominate rebounds like they did in game one, when you go into the fourth quarter and you've got a lead in, in, the, in game two and you've got a chance to really grab full control of a series you know, by stealing two road games, and your own indeficiencies are what open up the door for them to have a chance to stay back in it. Um, you play as badly as you did defensively in game three. They're, they're just, to me, far more of this. And the biggest ingredient in the cake is what's wrong with Utah uh, as a group defensively. And so that's what people are concerned about tonight because they saw what they saw in game four with a dramatic emotional win. They knew what was on the line in game five. And it was a blowout loss. So tonight, uh, you know, game what? Game four was gut check. Game five was going to be, you know, an important situation. Game six is win or go home. And we're going to see how this team's going to respond in front of their home fans. Uh, Tony, without getting you into trouble, Ajay and I have been speculating, obviously, a lot because you, you talked about it. it seemed, the Jazz came out with so much intensity and energy in game four, and it was a hard-fought battle, and they came out on top. And then they just come out so flat. In Game 5, whether it's uh, tuning out the coach or whether it's just issues with the team in terms of chemistry, on on your own side, if you could just speculate, what is your prevailing theory? Because this team has just been so hit or miss in terms of closing games out. And and then 5, I think that's why it was such a surprise. They're just never in it. Yeah. No, go back to the point you were making before I was on the air. Now, nobody has said anything like what James Harden said or anything like that. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's interesting when you look at certain individuals and, and teams, collective teams in the postseason. It's interesting in the NBA because it, it, you have to want to want to pay the price to do the really hard things. Um, very automatic by the time you get to the postseason. Go look at Milwaukee in that series against Chicago. That was unbelievable. Thanks, Tony. That had more to do with what was right with 
Milwaukee. And Chicago had some injuries. And, and by the way, that team just, you know, they weren't as good as Milwaukee. But no. the, the point is, oh, my goodness, the way they defended. Oh, my goodness, how connected they were yeah. and the, the amount of mental energy that they consume to do what it takes to be so great together and to play together and for each other on that end. Now, I think the Jazz have that in them, but they have to exert a lot more because the habits were not perfected during the regular season. The habits were not deeply, deeply rooted the way they needed to be for the postseason to be great at it consistently in the postseason, and that's why you're seeing it at an inconsistent level. And I, I saw this with uh, the, you know, the Clippers in that 2017 year uh, when the Jazz had beaten them. It was interesting watching the Clippers show the inconsistency in that matter because the really hard things, the things that it takes to be great once you get to this time of year, if they are, I, I know that we all know the regular season, hey, health matters more, this matters more, but you must perfect those habits and they must become automatic. And for the Jazz, that's what concerned me most during the regular season with the blown leads and with the struggles. While everybody's wanted to talk about chemistry and, okay, what's going on? Do Rudy and Donovan hate each other? We don't know this. We're not in the locker room. We got no idea. What I do know is that it is very hard for them to be consistently good or great at the things that are really tough to become great at this time of the year. And, and that, that, I mean, you just, it doesn't matter how you want to slice it. That has been unbelievably obvious. And I think it's shown in this series. Tony Parks, he's the voice of the Salt Lake City Stars and in-arena host for Utah Jazz home games. Evans from home arena joins us here on the Full Court Press. Tony, uh, you are an encyclopedia more than anybody else I've ever known. You're incredible with your brain. Let me ask you, what has been a more what would be a more disappointing end to a playoff season? Utah Jazz blowing a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets two years ago in the bubble, or Utah Jazz being fully healthy and getting beat by the Mavericks in six games, two of those without their best player? Yeah, it would certainly feel like if they lost tonight, especially if they got hammered tonight, especially if they let go of the rope or something, you know what I mean? Like if it especially was a black eye loss kind of thing tonight, it would feel more like tonight because it would really, for all intents and purposes, start to feel like the end of an era. And the end of an era where people thought they really had a shot to get it done. Um, The... Bubble season, people have those variables, right? You had the bubble. There was the Bogdanovich injury. You know, Murray was really great. And the Jazz actually played great defense in that game seven. The disappointment was the way they gave up game five when they had a 15-point lead. But what's interesting there is that season was disappointing because they started seventh defensively in the first month and a half, 11th defensively in the second month, uh, month and a half, and then dropped to 29th for the next two months. And the only team behind them was the Jim Boylan coached Bulls, which technically wasn't an NBA team. Really get into it, right? So <laughs> it's like they, but they, they had such a fall, and you were wondering why that had happened. Denver did something similar uh, in like a stretch of three years defensively. So I think what would be hard is for the Jazz to lose this series. That means they would have had a lead in all three of those series. That means that they would have had what people considered the better situation, maybe better team in those moments. 25-point lead at the Clippers. No Kawhi after game four. You know, all, two, two games to none lead. Like, all these things that you add up, it would feel like tonight. And the reason why it would feel like tonight is because it would feel like the end of a very disappointing era, an era that 
I think should have had much more championship contention than it did. And it really feels like they, they kind of got in their own way, you know, and then they, they really got heavy on the hashtag F your predictions and the, the one word sayings and the Instagram posts that riled up the fan base and everybody got behind them and chip on your shoulder. No one believes in us and don't prove them wrong. Well, that would mean three years in a row, you ended your season in a postseason series where you had every advantage and it was no longer time to go prove people wrong. It was just time to prove yourself right. And not only could you not do it, you got in your own way in the process and you got nobody else to blame but yourself. That is as, as honest as you have to get. And there would be no words to really say other than just the frustration and anguish that I know the fan base is feeling. Tony Parks, uh, you know, while we're heaping on the Jazz, since you're the voice of Salt Lake Stars, you can help me out. Now, I know the <laughs> Jazz don't need another guard on their team, but can we talk about the fact, I want to shout out my boy Carson Edwards, but you covered him for the Salt Lake City <laughs> Stars. Why did the Jazz not put a – you can't use a guard that can come in and score 15 points a night, really? You can't? <laughs> <laughs> Carson Edwards is really special this year, and I, I love that you're giving love to my guy. Uh, he was he was so great. I mean, he – the scoring was incredible. I think when he was called up, I think he was the leading scorer in the league at the time. He was always hovering around the top through most of the, of the year. His three-point shooting, it was kind of interesting because in college, he was like this three-point shooter that was, you know, like around 30% and then climbed to like 40 at some point. And then this year in the NBA, this was his first professional season where he kind of got up to 37 38%. Great at knowing when to make a play for himself or a teammate. Supreme confidence. Uh, I always wanted to see him get a, a chance at the NBA level, and I love that the Pistons gave him that shot. Yes. Obviously, with the Jazz being log jammed at the guard position and the point guard position with <laughs> other guys, I mean, when Butler plays like that, you know, it's really tough not to get him up there and have him with a chance. So what's great about the G League is you're, you're obviously auditioning for the parent club that you're playing for, but you're also auditioning for 29 other NBA teams. And so, yeah, man, I, I, it, it ain't to be – partial because I was always around him so much, but there's so many variables that go into finding a spot. I was surprised that Carson didn't find a spot somewhere in the league earlier than he did because you had so much fluctuation during the NBA season, but his size certainly is one of those things that's going to go against him. And the other one was his inconsistent or independable outside shooting. Well, he seemed to correct that this year and there was enough of a sample size. So, I could see him sticking around an NBA roster for uh, a very heavy uh, percentage for the rest of his career. Yeah. Look, that's where it all started to go downhill for the Jazz. You don't start Carson Edwards, who almost okay. shot you <laughs> into the Final Four. That's why it went downhill. <laughs> and I did vote him All-American when he played. So since, since he knew that, let's just say as a broadcaster, I got great advantages on interview opportunities. <laughs> Things like that, those, those things really paid off. I didn't know it was going to happen when I voted back in the day. So, <laughs> Tony, uh, I got to ask you: if the Jazz get this to seven, do you think there's still a realistic chance that they can win a game seven? Like, honestly, a realistic chance, or is it just a kind of an anomaly of what it's going to be like in Game Seven, a blowout loss in Dallas to finish it all off? Absolutely, they've got a realistic. They have more than a realistic chance. I mean. It, I still think they're the better team. If you if you really look at the teams, now when you get into what's causing deficiencies and the fact that they're getting in their own way, I mean, if the Jazz get out of their own way and they play 
uh, 85% of their optimal level from here on out, they win the series. And they're very capable of that. But, you, you, like I said, doing the hard things is hard for them. They, they just are not consistent at it because they it's, – it's like, for instance, okay, when I was trying to uh, lose some weight, and I'm very proud of myself, I've lost some weight, and I've gotten some good shape, and I'm very happy about it. But let me tell you, uh, even though I did most of it in the last six months, it's been a five-year journey of fighting like crazy to learning how to mentally shift into doing the hard things consistently really well and doing them every day and wanting to do them. Because, you know, you go a week without eating fast food or something, you know, and you go hit the gym, and then you're tired, and the next week you give in. And then you end up not doing it. And then you're stopping off at a late night, and you didn't plan your meals well enough, and ah, what the heck, you ordered through the drive-thru, and you're right back to reversing and having, uh, um, uh, what am I thinking, negative results again. And you have those negative results, because you're not consistently disciplined enough to do the hard things and to do them really, really well often enough. And so I, I've really compared what they've done with my difficulties on trying to do things like get into shape. So it took me a long time to want to want to get there. And so for this team, if they can hunker down and eat right and exercise, right, and, and get the proper amount of rest and do all the things that they know they're supposed to do, then those things come together and they win the series. To me, the winner of the series is up to Utah. It's really up to Utah, with the exception of a lights-out shooting night, which we all know can happen in the league. Um, Utah, in my opinion, they're the better team, and if they play like it, they're going to win the series. And if they continue to have some of the the default issues they've had, then they're going to go home early, and they're going to really – the biggest question mark is going to be, why didn't this team do so much more in the era – that they put a roster together to truly contend. Tony Parks, voice of the Salt Lake City Stars, helps with the Utah Jazz, also helps with the Salt Lake Bees, stepping away from the Jazz and all that depression. Uh, I want to ask you, Ajay and I get in this argument all the time because the Bees obviously are a feeder system for the Los Angeles Angels, who are off to a decent start to this season. Should Mike Trout ask for a trade? Ajay and I just got into an argument about this about a week ago because Ajay put him in our Hall of Shame in the podcast because he said, I'm not going to consider your legacy anything until I see you in the postseason. All right. So, you know, the game of baseball can be very unfair. Uh, getting to the postseason is hard, right? There's not that many teams historically. Now there's more. Um, the other thing about it is this guy really loves playing there. I know he was in the mix of the discussions possible with Philadelphia, like when he had a chance you know, to go somewhere else. Clearly, he signed there. He wants to be there. He likes it there. He really, really loves it there. Um, to me, you know, I think it's, it's too bad that the Angels haven't put enough around him um, because you start to wonder if this guy is going to be the Barry Sanders of Major League Baseball, right? Like, uh, I've wondered that also about uh, Damian Lillard in the NBA. And it's commendable to be loyal. It's very commendable to be loyal. And I will never blame a player 1% for ever wanting out of a situation because he doesn't just want to be great. He also wants to win. I will never blame a player for that. Uh, they get a very short period of time. They want postseason legacy. They want those things. So I, I don't know if he, like, should do it because I don't know what he ultimately wants. But if he ever did, I wouldn't shame him for that one bit. I really wouldn't. You know, you don't owe it to everybody to dictate your future. You don't owe it to all the things out of your control to decide what you experience for the rest of your career. Um, you get to make that decision on your own. I think that that's something I would like to see him do. I want to see him in the postseason. 
I want to see him on the big stage, under the big lights, in October, you know, where some of the games you have to blow air into your hands because it's colder weather in New York or something like that. You know, like, I want to see him in those scenarios. because And, and what's weird, too, is even if he doesn't, I am never going to be like, well, I don't know if he'd have been good in the playoffs. I think Mike Trout would be good in any situation. <laughs> I think what we're watching is a guy that's as good as any player in the history of Major League Baseball, uh, at least any talent in the history of Major League Baseball. Uh, he's the modern-day, whatever you want to call it, Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, whatever it is, Frank Layden, who is he did Jackie Robinson's first game. That's how long he's been around. And that guy said that this Mike Trout guy is as good as any player he's ever seen. Wow. You know, and that guy has watched everybody except Babe Ruth, you know, and Ty Cobb. So whenever I watch it, I say I hope he does because I want to see him in the playoffs. But it's ultimately up to what he wants. Tony, you're one of the best in the business, man. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you for joining us tonight. Enjoy the game tonight. Hopefully we get a Jazz win and uh, be safe. Hey, thanks, guys. Always love it. Love to hear from you. You're the best. Thanks, Tony.